0: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash p-o-p-p-o-d-s to get 50% off your first month.
1: Hey, this is Ron Bumblefoot-Thaw, and a big congratulations to Mark and John on Talking Metal's 500th episode.
2: This is Philip H. Anselmo, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Keep on listening.
3: Hi, this is Nita Strauss from the Alice Cooper Band, and you're listening to Talking
4: Metal. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Sweet from Striper, and you are listening to Talking Metal.
5: Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal. (laughs)
6: Greetings, O Earthlings. It's Villa from Finnish Band called him. And at the moment, you have the pleasure
5: of enjoying Talking Metal. Hey, this is John Five from Rob Zombie, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Edward Seinfeld from Democracy... And you're listening to Talking
6: Metal Podcast. Hi, this is Andrea. And this is Chris from La Cooler Coil. And you're listening to Talking Metal. Check it out. Hey, this is Steven Pierce You're listening to the Rat Bastard on Talking Metal. This is Ethan Death from Kill Chiller. And you're listening to Talking Metal.
5: Hey, this is Mike
7: Messera from Obsession. You're listening to Talking Metal.
5: This is Scott Bowen from Obsession. And you're listening to Talking Metal.
7: This is Slow. And I'm Ken from the band on Earth. And you're listening to
5: talkingmetal.com. Hey, it's Eddie Trunk from Q104 in New York City and VH1 Classic, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Joe Patrick, and you're listening to my favorite Talking Metal. Hey,
8: this is Devin Townsend from Strapping Young Lad, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Mike from Anthrax, and you are listening. To- Hi, this is Jeff Tate from Queensryche, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
5: God bless America! Hey, this is your blood brother of the American dream, Ted Nugent, celebrating the American rock and roll dream on Talking Metal. Live it up! Hey, what's up, y'all? This
2: is Randy from Lamb of God,
6: and you're
7: listening to Talking Metal. This is Joey Daldana from Manifax, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
9: This is Kevin Roy from Mastery, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
6: Hey, what's up? This is Brad from Two Days Grace, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Nick from Black Label Society. You're listening to Talking Metal.
1: Yeah, this is JD from Black Label Society. You're listening to Talking Metal.
5: This is Tyler Fire from the Brothers Grimm Sideshow, the world's greatest collection of freaks, wonders, and human curiosities, and you will fit right in because you are listening to Talking Metal.
8: Yo, what's up? This is Shabo from System of Down, and you listen to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Teddy Zigzag
5: and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Matt from Revolver, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
6: Hey, this is Danny Paul from Pantera, Damage Plan, and Rebel Meets Rebel, and you're kicking
5: ass and listening to Talking Metal right here. Yo, what's up, boys and girls? This is Frank Bella from Anthrax, and you are now listening to Talking Metal.
9: <laughs> hey, this is Dave from Revolver, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Michael Lardy from Great White Slash Mr. Ranger, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Rob Zombie, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
6: Hey, man, this is Scott Travis with Judas Priest, and
5: you're listening to Talking Metal. What's up, metalheads? This is Jack Frost, and this is the Talking Metal. Turn it up! Everybody, this is Gilby Clark, and we're Talking Metal. Uh, hello, Talking Metal. This is Rock and Roll Fruit, CDC Banana. I was your very first guest, and let's face it, it's all been downhill from here. I shall return! Congratulations! Jim Brewer, and you're listening to TALKING METAL! How is your name, Hale, from Judas Priest, and you're listening to TALKING METAL? Hey, this is Vizio, you're rocking with TALKING METAL! Hello, suckers, this is Lizzie Borden, and you're listening to TALKING METAL.
4: Talking metal. Hey, this is Casey Chaos from Amen,
5: and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, oh, this is Phil Cohn from Def Leppard and you are listening to Talking Metal. This is the Count from Count's Customs in Vegas, and you are listening to
1: Talking Metal. Turn it up!
5: Hey, this is Nick and Mike, and Chris, and I'm Tyson, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, I'm Marty Casey, and you are listening to Talking Metal. And you to talking metal. Hey
3: Metalheads, this is Christina from Lacuna Coil and you're listening to TalkingMetal.com.
5: Hey, this is Bruce Kulick and you're listening to the
4: best Talking
8: Metal. Hey, this is Sal the Stockbroker from the Howard Stern Show and you're listening to Talking Metal.
4: Hey, what's up? This is Jeremy
5: Clink from the app and you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah. This is Mia from him, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Robert Sweet, the drummer from Striper, and here at Talking Metal. Hey, this is Sebastian Bob, turn it up. Uh, hey, this is Bumbleford, and you're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Yeah!
7: Here we go, it's episode 500 of Talking Metal.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, oh, who are we kidding? Gentlemen, it's episode 500 of Talking Metal. I'm Bud Friendly, and now, for the 500th fucking time, your hosts, Mark and John. We got a lot of good interviews, a lot of great guests. Yeah, as always, 500 episodes,
9: a big Talking Metal toast. Yes. Uh, take two We actually just recorded <laughs> for like 45 minutes And I lost it uh, Nothing which changes very here fitting. Yeah. Damn, Very fitting Because,
7: because the Let's very first interview With a celebrity Which we're going to get into Was accidentally erased by yours truly John yes. Astronomy And here we are 500 Video and audio and computer expert
9: 500 episodes later I just erased The very First take of episode 500, where we were quite a bit more sober. Uh, but here Correct. we are, here we are here we are rocking, and here
8: are the guests, guys. Five guests for every for 500 episodes. Yeah, what, is, but, what's Bud the math on that, Bud? Uh, I believe that is one for every 62 episodes.
7: Yeah, something like that. Something like
8: that. Just do the math, guys. Five guests,
7: 500 episodes is. I, we think it's one for every 62 episodes Yes There you go okay. Eric Kluber Who's been on the podcast Probably a dozen times Is
9: back He's a good friend of ours He's not the most famous guy in the world Not the most famous rock
7: star But we love him He's here He is here And he is from a bunch of great bands That we've seen through the years White Wizard, Gypsy Hawk And Well, Another White band? Wizard, Gypsy Hawk And uh, Overloaded Overloaded, right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
9: Overloaded, yeah Yeah that Excellent. was a trivia question. <laughs> yeah, you you stumped me almost. Yeah, Overloaded, great band out of Detroit. Uh, Eric's going to speak with us. After that, we'll hear from our good friend who has also been an enormous part of the podcast, Bumblefoot. Eating with Bumblefoot, a
7: classic episode. Yeah. I refer to that on a daily basis. Yes. We'll yes, talk about that
9: later. Yes, and uh, so many great episodes with Bumblefoot. Then, a guy I always wanted to interview, so I'm Thrilled that for the first time amazing. in five hundred episodes we have who, John? Phil and Selmo. Yes, he's gonna talk to us. He tells an amazing story about Carrie King. Stay tuned for that.
7: Yeah. Hey, remember when I used to say amazing a lot? Amazing. I still say yeah. it. It's amazing. amazing. Five hundred amazing episodes. This is amazing yes. that we are here doing the five hundredth episode of Talking Metal. And we being here, John is talking about the East Village of New York City at the Double Down Bar. Uh, Double Down. I thought it was called Double D. Double D, I like that, Yeah, too. I thought it was Double D. Bud Friendly, any comments on Double D versus Double Down?
8: Uh, all I know is Mark drank a glass of ass juice. I did. And yeah. blew the whole first fucking episode of this take of this take.
9: <laughs> <laughs> this Something bar here. is famous for punk rock. We do metal, but we like punk, too, so we're hanging out here. It's famous for vintage 80s porn on the screen. There's yes. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I did That's not uh, realize that there was one right behind Asian me, a screen. That's good. Happening. There's a girl. Yeah. yeah. The Bud Friendly wants to know. And uh, the asses are good on these monitors,
7: too. Um, uh, this, is yeah, some this is a vintage like a
9: SD Asian. porn. It's nice.
7: Yeah. Ooh, um, okay. for, for all like you who are shot. wondering about this ass juice thing, uh, this bar is oh, famous hi. both in Vegas and New York. We're having something that is called ass juice. I am not willing to try it. Uh, however, Mark is, and uh,
8: we've heard a lot of stories about what goes into this. What do you think goes into it, Bud Friendly? Uh, of course, there's, there is are several asses. Uh, I also heard that as a fact that uh, it is a, uh, uh, they take all the half-empty drinks and pour it into one tub. I, I believe it's probably some sort of punch. Otherwise, the Board yes. of Health would shut this place down, and believe me, I've shut a few places down know, with yeah, yeah, that <laughs> choice.
7: I heard that uh, Alice Cooper, this may be a, a, like a rumor. What are those called? Those like weird rumors. But I heard Urban that, legend. He, yeah, urban legend. I heard that he once had the whole front row spit into a cup and then he drank it on stage. Yeah, not true. I don't think That's that, not but, true? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but
9: speaking of Alice Cooper, we have, you got to have a hot chick on episode 500. Correct. So we have, not that Alice Cooper is a hot chick. His guitar player is a hot chick. Her Correct. name is Nita Strauss, the very beautiful and very good, all looks and everything aside. This this person, this woman she rocks. Can play. She, she rocks, rocks. and plays. Very the talented. Yeah. Nita Strauss will be on the episode today. That's four of the five we've told you. And then to bring things full circle back to the beginning, we have Michael Sweet from Striper appearing. So right now, let's get into a little music. This is one of my favorite songs of all time, John. It's called Wrathchild, my Iron Maiden. <laughs>
7: guys that was wrathchild by iron maiden one of my all time favorite bands one of mark's all time favorite songs you're listening to episode 500 that's right of talking metal quick quick story before we get into the next interview bud friendly
8: one of the family members yes of talking metal if this is a family, I'd like to be considered the uh, drunk uncle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you'd like to be considered
7: the member. The member. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so anyway. Bud Friendly is wearing what some, some in this bar have referred to as a gorgeous gold sequined mask. Beautiful. It's pretty freaking great. Yes. Bud Friendly is here. Gold Sequin Mask. We will awesome. not have five hundred episodes that in the show notes, by the way. We we <laughs> we may not, but I might try to sneak one. Yes. We'll see what
9: happens. All right. Anyways, right now, without further ado, let's get into these interviews. This is our old friend Eric Kluber. Eric, you've been a big part of the show. I appreciate you coming back on episode five hundred. Here's my chat with Eric Kluber of Overloaded. White Wizard and Gypsy Hawk here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal here on the 500th episode of Talking Metal. And our first guest tonight is on the line Eric, how are you?
6: What's up, Mark? Congratulations on 500 episodes.
9: Dude, I really appreciate it, and you have been a part of many, many episodes. I don't know, I mean, like, what, six, maybe seven, maybe eight, nine episodes we've had you on? I can't re- even remember.
6: Yeah, it seems like one to two a year.
9: Yeah, definitely. Okay. You
6: know, I found out about you way back in the day, I believe, through Revolver Magazine. They wrote oh. a blurb about you.
9: Right. They wrote an article about us. I'm guessing, like 2006, 2007. Yeah, I was probably,
6: still in Detroit, man.
9: Yeah, probably 2006. You were playing with Overloaded at that time.
6: Yeah, that's right, man. Great I like band. You always, you always pronounce it Overloaded instead of Overloaded, which is pretty funny. That's supposed to be an East Coast thing.
9: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Different, <laughs> different accent on the uh, syllables. Huh. Interesting. And then from there, you, you headed out west, and you were with White Wizard for a while, and we had you on a few times when you were with them. And yeah. Gypsy Hawk, and what's going on right now? Well, right now
6: I'm filling in for a friend's band. Uh, he just called me up and asked me if I'd fill in for a show they got at the Whiskey. I'm uh, gonna be opening for Raven and Night Demon. Uh, my friend's band is called Savage Rain, so that was out of the blue. And I'm looking for some. I'm looking for a cool touring band. And uh, you know the, the type of bands that I play with. I mean, I'm really into the old-school metal sound. Um, sometimes it gets lumped into the stoner rock sound. And um, so if there's any bands out there looking for a pro touring guitarist, uh, need either a fill-in or lo- you know, love to find a project to become a full-time band member with, hit me up. Hit me up through Facebook, something like that.
9: Absolutely. And you are, are you still doing the guitar lesson stuff?
6: Yeah, still doing guitar lessons. Um, you know, over in a Guitar Center Studio and privately. So the best way to get a hold of me is, is Facebook. And also, um, looks like I'm going to be doing an overloaded reunion show back in Detroit um, in December, I think December 20th, and we're figuring that out right now. So it's always oh. fun to see those guys. And how often do you do those? Because you've done that before, right? I've done it many times. It seems to work out about once a year. And I like the timing of it this year because it's kind of uh, Detroit and you know i i don't see the snow very much anymore unless i'm on tour so to go back to detroit and have a christmas time show and i know it'll be a total arctic wasteland and everyone will be off for christmas break i think it'll be i think it'll be really really awesome
9: and are those guys that you played with back in the day it's all the original guys that get back together for the reunion shows
6: it is it is it's all the original band members which is Pretty exceptional, I've come to find out, you know? The bands yeah, definitely. Just, just cycle through members, man. And um, absolutely, man. I stay in touch with Chris Gillen and Lorenzo Gonzalez from Overloaded all the time, man. <laughs> cool.
9: And would there ever be a chance that you guys would do new music?
6: You know, we've talked about it. I would not be opposed at all. You know, it's just a realistic... Um, you just have to, you know what you just have to sit down and do it. It's one thing to talk about. It's it's totally possible. So you never know what's going to happen in the future. You know, um, like I said, right now I'm looking for a new project. So any touring bands that need a you know competent lead guitar player or rhythm yeah, guitar, yeah, player.
9: an excellent lead guitar or players.
6: bass player. I've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah.
9: And the show with Raven. Tell me again who who's the band that you're playing with at that
5: show?
6: Savage Rain. Savage They're, uh, Rain. Okay. They're a young thrash metal band out here in uh, LA, and they're just—they're super cool guys. And they just actually called me last night, and the gig is the twentieth, so it's like a week and a half away, you know. So it's like, uh, all right, let's do it, you know.
9: Cool. It's, I just saw Raven here in New York, and it was just a hell of a show. Really, a lot of fun. <laughs> so,
6: man, and did the guitar player do a standalone guitar solo?
9: Yeah, he did, and it was just just rocking. The place was,
5: was freaking out. I think so,
6: man. Uh, the uh, the Queensreich mics kind of throw me off, but besides that, I think they kill it. You know what I'm
9: talking about? N- no, what do you mean the Queensreich mics? Sixers.
6: Oh, the the uh, the head the headsets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
9: yeah, The Sammy Hagar mics, I would call okay. them,
6: right? <laughs> that's another way of talking about But anyway, yeah, we, I remember Gypsy Hawk opened for them in Diamond Head, like, oh, about a half a year ago, and Savage Rain was on that show, too, so... Small world, you know, and White Wizard opened for Raven. That was one of my first shows. I was at, um, I was it Club Europa in in Brooklyn? Oh, okay, yes, yeah. Yeah, that was Ooh. the first time we came out to New York, man. So it's, it's just a small world of just like reoccurring cast of characters. You know what I mean?
9: Absolutely. Definitely. Well, listen, we have to let you go because this episode is just jam-packed with with interviews. But I, I totally appreciate you coming on. You've been somebody who's been with us since way back when. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's great to reconnect with you, Eric. And we're going to get into a... Uh, interview with the one, in, one and only Phil and Salmo. Ever run into that guy?
6: You know, I did. Back in the early '90s, I used to work for a music publication in Detroit called Jamrag, and they were doing a marijuana legalization petition back in the day. And so, I, when I saw Pantera on the uh, Far Beyond Driven tour with Crowbar, he was out, and I said, "Hey, Phil, could you sign this for me?" He said, "Fuck yeah, dude!" And then he just like wrote it, Phil Anselmo, and Salmo, and said, "Pantera says so." And then the uh, magazine printed it the next edition, which was
9: pretty sweet. Nice. Very good. Cool. Well, Eric, thanks so much. And what do you want to play? Let's get into any song Gypsy Hawk, White Wizard, Overloaded, you you name it. Any song you want to play, or maybe something else that you want to send me. Um, Anything you want to play for the talking metal listeners. How
6: about uh, State Lines by Gypsy Hawk?
9: Sounds perfect. All All right, Eric. Take care.
6: Later.
7: a brief check-in with Eric Kluber, followed by State Lines by Gypsy Hawk. Yes. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, buddy. Welcome. You've been here, and now you're back on episode 500. Yeah,
9: hopefully you'll be with us for another 500, Eric. Speaking of old friends who've been such a big part of the 500 episodes, Bumblefoot, Ron Fall, is here today, again, with a very brief check-in, but Let's quickly
7: check up. He's with technically him.
8: not here right now,
7: yeah, but, yeah, but the interview him, yeah. has happened earlier.
8: He, he's out making hot sauce, apparently. Yeah, right I bought now. some
7: hot sauce off his site this well, week. Actually. Speaking of hot
8: sauce, we had a great, great
7: episode. <laughs> uh, Bud <laughs> Friendly thought I was talking about something else, but anyway, uh, we had a great episode called "Eating with Bumblefoot" yes. that lives with me on a daily basis, and I don't even know if Bumblefoot would. Realize that this is true, but it is for two reasons. One, I frequently have chicken cutlets and macaroni salad for breakfast, uh, purchased at the Starlight Deli <laughs> in New York City, Forty Fourth Street between Seventh and Eighth Avenue. Sometimes I leave my credit card there. Anyway, I now like macaroni salad because Bumblefoot introduced me to Sadie's macaroni. Yeah, salad, down in special the macaroni Princeton salad. Area, yep. And pepper turkey is my favorite. Cold cut, yes,
8: I love like it. Like other cuts, but uh, that's my favorite cold cut. Very good. Very For good. those of you listening at home, John's favorite cold cut is peppered turkey. Oh yeah, yeah. Another oh, talking yeah. metal toast.
7: Another talking yeah. metal toast.
8: Yeah,
9: yeah. You should have heard the first version of this yeah. podcast.
7: <laughs> okay, so Anyways, here's the deal. I'm is, drinking yeah. a little
8: what are you drinking? vodka cran. But, what do, as how about in you, buddy? Friendly. Uh, I'm drinking whatever is in front of me in this glass. It's a uh, some sort of beer. Yeah, I'm drinking a beer. The
7: yeah, Mark me. previously drank some ass juice. We covered that in yeah, an I earlier did. segment. I, I, I did
9: drink some ass juice. Here's Bumblefoot, guys. Hey, guys, on the line checking in here on episode 500 is our old friend Bumblefoot. How are you, man?
1: How the hell are you? <laughs> it's been way too long. I missed you guys.
9: Yeah, well, we missed you, man. It has been way too long, and, you know, we're celebrating episode 500 tonight, and I just wanted to thank you for all the support you gave us by coming on the show in the early days. You know, we did our eating with Bumblefoot and all sorts of podcasts with you back in the day. There was the Miss Bumblefoot podcast. I don't know if you remember that one, but there was so many times you've been on the show and we just really appreciate the support you gave us early on, not to mention the work you did with us on the fuse show behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Um, Just so many great memories. And again, thank you from John and I for helping us really launch talking metal and get it on the
4: map.
1: No, absolutely my pleasure. What you guys do is is wonderful for so fans of metal and and I'm grateful that I could be part of it, that I've been part of it and will continue to be part of it whenever you want me.
9: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we definitely, you know, this is just a brief check-in on on episode 500, but we definitely want to get you back for a longer interview down the road, maybe when the album is finished. I know you're working on an album right now. How's that going?
1: It's going great. It's going slowly, but it's going great. You know, everything always takes three times longer than you think it's gonna. And with this one, you know, I got off the, the Guitar Gods tour with Gary Hoey and Ingve Malmsteen and jumped back into the studio. And right now, as we speak, I'm finishing the lead guitar tracks for the album. And then all I got to do is a little percussion, some percussion, Mix it and get it out there.
9: Cool. And stylistically, how will this compare to some of the other Bumblefoot records?
1: You know, it's coming out different. It's, it's. I don't know, is it mellow? Is it, I don't know why. It's just, it's a lot more melodic. Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot more melodic. And it's pretty. Cool. <laughs> it's, yeah. Hopefully it's not too pretty for people, but... Yeah, I hope people like it
9: And Dennis is working with you on this?
1: Dennis has kicked ass all over that album Yeah, great drum
9: track Love Dennis's drumming, definitely Great guy too Cool, man Well, again, thank you, yeah. Ron, for being a part of Talking Metal And thank you for checking in with us here on episode 500 I was on your site today And of course I had to buy some hot sauce
1: <laughs> Very cool, man so yes, yes, here's to 500 wonderful episodes, and here's to another 500 more.
9: Absolutely, and the second the record is done and you're ready to talk about it, let's get back together and talk some metal here on Talking Metal.
1: Sounds wonderful. You guys have a great one. Thanks so much. Will come to pass,
5: and it all in the You the numbers on side.
9: just heard was the song Dash off of the 2008 Abnormal album by Bumblefoot, and that is available on iTunes. Go show your support.
7: Go buy that. John, we've been accepted to iHeartRadio. Yes. Yes. That is a great thing. Thanks to your diligence in the campaign yeah, to get I, Talking Metal on iHeartRadio. I got an email from them Very saying... Diligent work. Thank you. you.
9: (laughs) I got an email from them saying we're on, so it's non-music versions of the show that'll be on iHeartRadio. So that's uh, very exciting news. And this episode is brought to you by the Defenders of the Old Fest happening in Brooklyn, New York, on March 13th and 14th, featuring the Reunited Exciter. When I say Reunited, I mean that classic lineup of Dan Beeler, John Ricci, Alan Johnson. This show will be at the Bell House. It also features a lot of other great bands, including the Rods. So I will see you there. John will see you there. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be great. All right, man. And without further ado, let's get into a little down. And this is the big one, guys. Phil has finally joined us. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. I think it's a great interview here on Talking Metal. guys what you just heard was conjure by down and on the line we have phil how are you what's going on big brother thanks so much for calling in i am psyched because down is going to be heading out on tour again you're going to hit some shows in japan and then you're doing a north american run that you guys are calling the punk rock but kind of not tour what's the meaning behind that title
2: First and foremost, it's an attitude thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, we don't, we're not a big puff band, you know, not a bunch of image and and whatnot, and we're pretty loose up there, and then it's kind of like, uh, if you crash out wearing a a t-shirt and whatever, whatever you crash out in, then it ought to be just good enough to wake up, roll over, and get on the same stage and wearing the same outfit in a different town, you know. Right on. But, but also, uh, you know, with, with, with the lineup, it, it's it's going to be very interesting, because uh, first we got, you know, Orange Goblin, who are fucking, uh, I'm sorry, uh, am
9: I supposed to not curse? You can curse, it's cool,
2: it's cool. Ah, well, fucking hell, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm in mid sentence, anyway, uh, Orange Goblin kicks ass, and they're really much kind of in the in the same vein as Down uh, to a certain degree. Uh, but then there's bands on the bill like the Mighty Blast, who are definitely uh, a much revered uh, hardcore band, uh, very very black flagish. And I don't think they would, con- they would argue with that assessment. And, and they're incredible. And uh, King Parrot uh, from Australia, who are really, uh, in my opinion, a, a thrash band okay. with a lot of hardcore attitudes. So it's an awesome bill, in my opinion. So uh, if I wasn't in the band, I might even attend the show myself
5: cool
9: cool well that kind of brings me to my next question you have the House Core horror film and music festival coming up and there's so many great bands we'll first start talk about the bands and then we'll talk about the the films but you know from guar to unearth to uh, a super joint ritual reunion i hate god danzig who specifically are you excited to see at this year's housecore horror festival
2: Man, I tell you what, I, it's unfair for me to to leave anybody up because honestly, I'm I'm extremely excited about all the bands. Uh, but this might be an obvious one for anybody that knows me or follows what the hell I talk about, uh, which is debatable. But um, the Mighty Portal from Australia will be there, and and that is. Uh, a slam dunk, in my opinion. Cool, but, but you know, but also, I, I man, once again, that like you got me uh stuck uh, stuck here, right? right. <laughs> I mean, Voivod and and uh, so many other bands, man, Neurosis, and once again, I Hate God, and all these bands, man, uh, and I can't leave out my brother Glenn Danzig doing Sam Hayne. That's right, be on. incredible. So it's it, it's it's a it's overwhelming uh but also uh tons of fun so that's what i'm looking for.
9: And people are excited about the superjoint reunion. How is that going? How how are the rehearsals going for that?
2: Actually, they're going pretty good, man. No no uh no uh slip-ups or anything like that. I think we got a really solid set going, so uh that that should be very interesting to say the
9: least. And what about the films? Do you hand pick the films that'll be shown at the festival?
2: A lot of the known films or uh older films, I I guess I should say definitely uh, were a selection between myself and uh Cory Mitchell uh and and uh you know uh I don't really have a list of uh, all the films in front of me right now, but I know we have some fantastic ones from the past that we're showing and and very excited to show. And not to mention, we have the cast for uh, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre part one and two, all going to be there. And I think it's their first time as a group, actually uh, viewing the film together all at one time. So, so that's exciting in itself, uh, and and then there's always the submissions that we get from up-and-comers, uh, uh, newer directors, and stuff like that. That's always exciting for me. You know, this year, uh, uh, you know, uh, to be honest, uh, I think last year we had uh, uh, more. Oh, how do I say this diplomatically? I, I I think that I think this year uh these uh up and coming films, uh the submissions that we get are are, are, are interesting. Right. I, I won't say that, that uh a lot of them were, were great to pick through, but the ones that we finally did narrow down i think are very very good so uh i'm looking forward to that as always
9: cool what do you consider to be one of the best horror films of like the last two or three years
2: Ooh, that's a toughie man because uh i will watch 10 in a row and then it all becomes jumbled but uh, honestly uh there was a movie and I'm not sure if it's the last couple of years, but at least uh, the last five years, there's been a couple films that have maybe jumped out at me. There was a remake of the classic horror tale, uh, the yellow wallpaper that I think uh, ran on Netflix for a while. That was, that was, I thought was a very interesting adaptation. And then, uh, I think the the film Absentia okay. had a, a very uh, grim mood about it and, and, a, and a very strange twist uh, at the end. And then there's a generically titled film and watch. Now I'm gonna blank out on you. Golly, what is the name of this movie? Uh, did you ever see Jug Face? Well, that was a that. weird uh pool was was interesting but uh the one that really gets me that i thought was uh, i all right I got two films right okay. now that i'll say cool. wakewood was was strange in 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 its own way unexpected uh I hate to compare it really with something as classic as uh the, the original Wicker Man from 1972, but it does have shades of uh, sort of a Wicker Man type plot. And then uh, the film that I was talking about, uh, like I said, a very generic look to the packaging and uh, and, and and the title. But a movie called The Pact, I thought was was damn good uh, and very surprising. So you know, I I'm really, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a classic horror lover of all, I guess, eras and, and decades gone by. But, but you know, I still think today there are some outstanding films and and definitely I think The Pact
9: is one of them. Nice, nice. I was just online watching some of the the clips of you on the Motorhead Motorboat cruise and Sorry for that. <laughs> you're not you're not happy with the the clips?
2: No, I haven't even seen them. I was uh, just uh,
9: apologizing ahead of time. No, no, I thought they were great. I thought it's so much fun to see you do the the old Pantera stuff. And I know you've, you've done them live with, uh, the illegals is, is, is it ever emotionally tough to revisit those songs?
2: It's not emotionally tough. No, it isn't because it's, you know, the audience is there and really, uh, Pantera were, uh, very incredible years in my life, very remarkable years of my life. And, uh, when you're in front of an audience like that and everybody is uh, super enthusiastic about the songs and, and, and they're singing the songs with you, uh, you know, it, those songs are really no longer our songs. You know, those are the people's songs. So, right. you know, it, it's uh, honestly, it's always uh, quite a pleasure to tell the
9: truth. Cool, cool. And speaking of Pantera songs, a few years back you guys put out, I guess from the vaults I would say, a song called Piss. Is there anything else left
2: in the Pantera vaults? You know, we were never a band really to waste much material. And honestly, from my withered memory banks, I don't think there is one scrap of... Anything resembling a a song left really that that didn't go on a record already. So I, I think we've exhausted that little uh, avenue right there. But but honestly, uh, I think uh, I think everybody's heard everything we put out really at, at this point.
9: Cool. Rex put out a book a, a number of years back and it's been written that you're working on one too.
2: Well, I have put uh, I've definitely postponed this book thing for quite a while and and really it's a it's a tough process to do, you know, uh, and it really takes a lot of heads down work to do this and I've been so incredibly busy with uh, my first love of my life, which is music. I'm not a book writer. You know, I, I'm a songwriter. I'm a, I'm a uh, live performer and that's what I love. And that's what I've been doing. But having said that, you know, uh, I think eventually I'll get around to doing it and writing it and, uh, hopefully, uh you know i think what I, my biggest aim is 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 uh, to be more uh, i guess upbeat about things than perhaps Rex's came across and uh, you know because there was a lot more good than there was a lot than there was bad right up to a certain point you know there isn't a day when, well, you know, I've said this a million times, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't think a dime bag in one fashion or another. And, and, and uh, you know, I don't think anything gets lower than that.
9: Right. So when you look back on it, it was just, there's a lot more good memories and bad memories for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hands down. Very cool. And... Talk about Kerry King. He seems to be somebody who had an influence on what you guys did in Pantera. Do you remember meeting him for the first time?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Pantera, before we were signed, would play every weekend in the DFW area or uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, or whatever, you know, along those circuits. And um, we had a weekend booked playing in a, a club in Dallas, and uh, which really consisted of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Slayer were playing right down the street on uh, I believe the beginning of the South of Heaven tour. And they were playing on a Saturday night. They got in town on a Friday and My boxing coach used to be a a, a radio DJ, and he he called my house and says, "Hey man, I got Tom O'Reilly in here. Uh, You want to talk to him? You want to meet him?" I'm like, "Definitely," you know. So I talked to Tom on the phone briefly for a moment, and then, uh, sure enough, he brought Tom, Kerry, and Jeff, rest in peace, out to the show that night uh, on Friday. And uh we met all those guys and uh they they got up on stage and did uh, a couple songs with us. We knew Rain and Blood and and, and oh gosh. Uh ah, one other song. I can't my memory is oh, like I say, pathetic. But um Carrie and I hit it off and, and we uh exchanged phone numbers. And really, you know, uh, he kept in touch quite a bit, and and it was awesome, especially for a, a kid like I was at the time, who really, you know, for me, the the, the greatest bands from California, especially at the time, were uh, Black Flag and Slayer. So, uh, and definitely at the time, uh, Layer was uh, just a be all end all for me, and 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 to befriend a guy like Kerry King was a huge thing. So, um, Kerry would, you know, he would call all the time, and when he would have downtime or off time from the road, he would fly in and come hang out with us, and um, and this was around the time where I was beating my head against the wall, desperately trying to turn the guys onto to Panthe- the guys in Pantera on to heavier music. Right. And, and Slayer was uh, uh, the Paramount band that I, I was saying, please give them a chance. And sure enough, you know, uh, Dimebag and, and I, you know, would listen to Hello Waits and he, you know, started to get it and feel it. But there was one specific time when Kerry King called me and he says, Hey, and I said, yes. And he says, I'm coming down. I said, okay. And he said, but this time I don't want to mess around. I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, I want to jam. And I said, well, uh, let me ask the rest of the guys and see what we can do. So he flew in early in the week so we could work out an entire set. And I think, and matter of fact, I'll go on record and say I positively know that Dimebag and Kerry King sitting down with each other opened up Dimebag's eyes, and really, uh, eventually, the rest of the guy's eyes uh, to the power of the thrash riff and 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 the magic of it, and 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 really influenced us. Uh, to to push our own music, you know, really uh, over the edge and, and really uh, all props to Cary King there. And that night was an awesome night. Matter of fact, it was two nights in a row and we did Slayer songs. Cary uh, King did old Pantera songs with us. Right. We did Judas Priest songs and, and it was fun, man. It was a blast. And also, I can't uh, go into how much it really, really changed the direction of, uh, of Pantera.
9: Now, when you say he did old Pantera songs with you, are you talking about stuff that was on, like, the power metal record?
2: Absolutely, yes. Matter of fact, yes, he did. Matter of fact, he, uh, he played the song Power Metal with us, which is a very intricate riff in itself. And we even modified the song to where there was a breakdown part where uh, Dime and Kerry went into this uh, creepy uh, Slayer-esque melodic uh, or anti-melodic harmony type uh, guitar thing. And it was, it was uh, very spontaneous, but, but still cool as hell, man. Really, really
9: awesome. Now, when he came down to jam with you guys, uh, did you, was he just trying to help you guys out, or was he, like, interested in maybe working with you on some level?
2: Ooh, you know, I shouldn't probably talk about this, but uh, I do think, well, I'll put it like this. He was having fun, you know. I don't think he was trying to help us as much as, uh, as have fun himself, you know, and and jam with Dimebag because I know uh, Dimebag blew his mind and, as a guitar player, and 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 really uh, he loved, you know. I guess his love of Judas Priest and where my vocal range was at the time, uh, he loved it, you know. And, and I, I think it was a, a nice departure for him. To come down and jam with us so really I'll just say he was having fun but I could say more but I won't
9: <laughs> right on right on alright well thank you so much for calling into Talking Metal today we really appreciate your time
2: you got a big brother anytime, anywhere alright bro see ya
5: Is this so conspiracy crucified.
7: Was Cemetery Gates on Talking Metal, episode 500, by Pantera? Yeah, absolutely. Going into that interview, we heard a little down. And
9: like John told you, coming out of the interview, Pantera, crazy interview with Phil. At least I thought that was crazy at the end. I mean, what is he saying about Cary King? Did Cary King actually want to join Pantera back in the power metal era of Pantera? Was he, was he considering producing him? He, he wanted to work with them on some level. Phil, Kind of leaves that open a little bit, but definitely uh, Phil implies there's more to the story
7: there. So that uh, is breaking news. In I, my I opinion. think so. That I is think breaking so. freaking uh, news. I think
9: I, I'm I'm going with Carrie was maybe considering joining Pantera as a second
7: guitar player. That would be unbelievable. That's That would have been that's not what
9: Phil said, but that's my interpretation of it. So a big you thanks. guys
7: can take. Take it for what you want, but listen to the interview, listen to what he said, and try to figure that out. Big thanks to Mike Davis and Kim Davis for setting that interview up. John, you recently ran into them, right? Yeah, I ran into both Kim, Mike, and their lovely daughter at the Hell Yeah Volbeat and Five Finger Death Punch concert cool. at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey area. Yes. Cool. Coming and up, we have. Oh, go ahead, John. Quick thing. There's a really cool area near there called Ironbound, right? And it's just a great name, and it's also the name of an Overkill record. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I which I believe is named after that area. Yeah, it is because yeah. I think
9: Blitz is from that. that oh, cool that area. I think that's Very like cool. where. What, you a, grew what up. a great
7: area to be from, Ironbound. Yeah, if you're from there, you should be in a
9: metal group. Absolutely. Coming up, we got Nita Strauss from Alice Cooper's band and Michael Sweet from Striper. So please stay tuned for those interviews, guys. And now, let's turn the mic over to Bud Friendly for a few
8: words. Special announcement. Bud, how are you? Thank you, Mark. It's great. It's truly an honor. To be here at the 500th episode of the, Talking Metal. The mask is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I had it specially made by the most special artisans on the planet, really. Um, the silver spacecraft has uh, gotten a little rusty, and it, it's currently up on blocks on Mark's front lawn. Oh but still, plenty of leg room. Speaking <laughs> of legs, this 500th episode is really spared no expense. Really, really, guys, you, you really up the prostitute budget tonight. A dozen high-end prostitutes. And as, as a special treat, you guys sprung for real women. I like that. <laughs> yeah, no more of those lady boys, as we call C's with D's in the yeah, business. Yeah. <laughs> but what makes tonight's episode actually really special? It's not that it's just the 500th episode. It's the fact that John actually showed up.
5: <laughs>
8: Very good. He's always here. Even if
9: he's not here, he's always here in spirit.
8: Yes. Well, to always here in new, spirit. To any new listeners out there, may I introduce John. <laughs> I'm wearing hey guys, hey guys. You had a visitor there. Yeah, a fan just uh, yeah, came yeah, in. Yeah. The fans to goose we, we, me on the bottom.
7: They they can't keep them away. We cannot keep the fans of Bud <laughs> Friendly away there. I was a little startled by that fan. I, I believe it's my
8: stalker. Yes.
7: Oh, I'm wearing man. this
8: special gold sequin mask for this 500th hey. episode and now as an unannounced special treat. Oh, oh, oh. don't I will don't do it. Don't, the don't, mask. Don't unmasking myself revealing oh my I, I, to the I, I fans, don't know if you should do it. or at least the prostitutes in attendance my real identity for the first fucking time let's do the countdown okay. Three, Three, two, two, one. one reveal it's me Gene Simmons from kiss please support my arena football team. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Hey, congratulations, Mark and John, for five hundred Un- Unbelievable. Episodes. I cannot believe it. And apologies to anybody who actually listened to them.
9: Yeah. Who knew that who Bud Friendly knew? was actually Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons? The big reveal. Kiss. Thank you, Bud Friendly. Thanks for Thanks, being a Bud part Friendly. of the family. Yes. Thank, thank I love you it. for
7: being part of the Talking Metal family. Who who would have known? I've been a big fan of Bud Friendly. Since second grade, I've been a Kiss fan. It's, it's been really freaking cool. And you know, we were talking about vintage porn. There were, I think Bud Friendly was in one of them earlier. We saw a guy laying down with a mask on, and there was a female doing something to him.
9: Wow, nice, very it? good. She looked yes. crazy. Yeah, we are at Double Down. Famous for down. the ass juice and vintage 70s and 80s porn. Heard, heard, on the, somebody uh, yelled Mark. There's another
7: fan. Yeah, there you metal. go.
9: There you go. Anyways. It's crazy. We're going to get into some music right now. This is myself and John, along with Rob Dukes of Exodus, doing the classic Sabbath song, "Snowblind," recorded back in 2012. We're gonna, then we're going to come t- back and talk briefly about our music Mark and John's music. Anyways, this is Snowblind. Rob Dukes on vocals, John on guitar, myself on bass, along with some other guys who will announce after the song.
7: That was Snowblind by the Talking Metal family. Yes. Rob Dukes, vocals. Mark Striegel, bass. Myself on the guitar. Dan Lorenzo of Hades Nonfiction and Miscellaneous Other Groups (laughs) on guitar. And Ron Lipnicki of Overkill fame and Hades fame on the drum kit. Recorded by Dennis Leaflong of Bumblefoot Band of yeah. and the Bumblefoot
9: and group. mixed. Recorded live. Everything you heard was live. But he, didn't, yeah, no he did no a little and stuff. mix. Yeah,
7: he records yeah. it and then he mixes it. All yeah. the Talking Metal jams are recorded live. Yeah, so you get all
9: the mistakes, everything, you know, mixed in there. It's all great. It sounds awesome. Dukes, one of the greatest singers of our yeah, time. no doubt Love about that it.
7: guy. That was a great tune. Mark, do you want to take a second to do a little history of our musical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John,
9: your musical past goes back a lot further than mine. Now, you used to play with your dad, like when you were a little kid. Correct, clubs. Correct. Yeah, it
7: was pretty crazy. I was a fourth grader playing in bars, and a lot of biker bars. Back in the day, I played now, what drums. What were you playing, guitar or d- drums? I was actually yeah. playing drums. Uh, although, on, you just played guitar on Snowblind, right? Yeah, 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 I just played guitar on Snowblind. But back then, I was primarily playing drums on most of the tunes. My dad was playing guitar, except... For "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Sheep, which I play guitar and my dad played drums. That's great. And that's I great. sang lead vocals. Oh my god! That's Can you awesome. believe that? That's awesome. Yeah, from fourth grade on, I played a lot of gigs. Uh, probably just as many gigs as a young kid as I did as an adult guy. Wow. And and then um, you and I met at Berkeley College of Music, yeah, in When Boston, we were seventeen. Mass. I'm forty four now. We've known each yeah. other since since we 17. were seventeen. Both yeah. of us were seventeen at the time. Crazy. I'm f- I. I, I I'm 45. Are you 44 or 45? I'm 44. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. Yeah, I am. I'm. 40, I'm
5: 44.
7: Maybe I'm only 44. I thought no, it was 45. You're a little older than me. Yeah, I think. Oh, you' yeah, yeah, yeah you're, Not you're, much. You're
9: like your two, two, three, three in months November, older. Yeah, right. Yeah, I okay. think you're two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, yeah. you're like two months, <laughs> one week older than me. Correct. Yeah. Yes,
7: I am uh, 45. That is crazy. <laughs>
9: <laughs> it is crazy, man. It is crazy.
7: I'm
8: 72, but I wear a mask. <laughs> maybe John should start thinking about something like that.
9: <laughs> John just figured out how yeah, old he is. Yeah, I figured out how old. 500 I, episodes in 45 years.
7: I, I'm gonna get a hair system. I gotta get a. I gotta get the lifestyle lift, which usually yeah. only ladies get. But if you watch a lot of news channels, <laughs> I'm gonna get that. But seriously, I, I'm in desperate need of lifestyle lift. Lifestyle lift. Little <laughs> hair transplant in the back, or or just like a weave. If they can glue it yeah. on. I'll be all right. <laughs>
9: <laughs> there you go There you go
7: Little Oh, there's a new thing It's called the uh, Daisy Fuentes Just came out with It's called the Secret Extensions I might get it It's like a headband You just wear that And <laughs> you've got extra hair Coming out You know, I don't know You're me You're up. listening to Episode yeah. 500 I'm, I'm not I'm editing John's going
9: to call me tomorrow And be like Edit out all that stuff About the
8: uh, <laughs> 500 <laughs> yeah.
7: Talking Metal Episode 500 You heard it there first uh, yeah. Let's just say I'm a big fan of that Spray-on hair I don't yeah. know I love it <laughs> Ron Popil. It's all like right. he might be doing a commercial John's for a here. the rotisserie, but right before that he sprays a little hair on. I love it. It's pretty good. Okay, very good. I'm kidding. Yeah, Kiss, you know, I, I learned this. You, you spray extra black stuff on your
9: hair, you know? That's gotcha. what you do. Watch out for the rain, huh? Anyways, the very beautiful Nita Strauss is here from Alice Cooper's band. I'm going to be saying hello to her at the garden show. You guys should all come out early to the Madison Square Garden Show alice cooper motley crew on october 28th i will be there and we're gonna go say hello to the alice cooper band minus alice cooper at 6 p.m they will be at the merchandise alice cooper table so go say hello to nita strauss she actually mentions this in the interview uh whenever where wherever you see alice cooper play live with motley crew so here we go a little nita strauss Hey guys, this is Mark Striegel, and on the line we have Nita Strauss calling into Talking Metal. How are you, Nita?
3: I'm so good. Thank you for having me.
9: You bet. Thanks for taking the time to call in, and I want to talk to you about your career and, of course, your tour with Alice Cooper. I guess we'll, we'll start there. How did you land the gig with Alice? Uh,
3: well, I was actually recommended by a former member of Alice's band. Uh, he had to see me play and kind of the word was out in a, a small circle that I was looking for a female guitar player when Orionte left the band. So I got recommended to his manager, Shep Gordon, and Shep uh, came to L.A. to meet with me, you know, to do talk. She and Bob Ezrin and I, you know, had a little meeting, and they sent me some songs to learn, and the next thing I knew I was on a plane getting ready to go on tour with Molly Crew.
9: Wow, wow. And who was the ex-member of the band that was recommending you?
3: It was actually Kip Winger.
9: Oh, wow, cool. So where do you know Kip from?
3: Um, Winger and a band that I was in Cicala, had just played some shows together.
9: Oh, cool, cool. So, so ha- the
3: uh, Kip had seen me play on the Monster Rock Cruise, and uh, when he heard the word that Alice was looking for a female starfire, he put my name in.
9: Excellent. And how aware of Alice's catalog and history had you been prior to joining the band?
3: Very, very aware. And I think you know, Alice, is, Alice Cooper is really one of those artists that transcends any kind of age or, or genre, you know, no matter what kind of music you like, no matter how old you are, Alice Cooper's always there, you know. And it's really, it's really obvious to see it at it shows, because there's a big, like, there's a huge demographic next to the shows. There's a lot of kids, there's a lot of couples, there's a lot of girls, there's a lot of guys, and like, it's really cool to see everybody coming together for such a great band.
9: And out of all the eras of Alice Cooper, I mean, he went through so many different sounds, so many different looks, uh, what, what are your, some of your personal favorites?
3: For me, honestly, I like the I like the more it's it's fun for me to listen to the more shreddy stuff, you know, to listen to the stuff that Vi and Petriani played on, and you know, that's the stuff that, that I find fun to listen to and fun to play on stage. But uh, but I mean, it's impossible to really pick a real favorite.
9: Now you were, I think, out on tour with Alice when the the famous and great. Dick Wagner recently passed away. Did Alice share any thoughts or memories about Dick with
3: you? Um, You know, we we were out on tour, and uh, it was a a very dark day on uh, on our tour bus when we found that out. Um, It was it was it was really sad. You know, we were I think we were all together when the news came in, and it was uh, it was a very very dark time, you know, for us. And we still actually. We, uh, the band members do a little, like, we all put our hands together, you know, and do, like, a little group talk before each show. We always mention Dick's name and, you know, and, and his legacy and that. So he's definitely very much a part of the show still.
9: Excellent, excellent. And you're out with Motley Crew for just a massive, exciting, long tour. Any run-ins so with the Motley guys? Do you, do you have any contact with any of those guys while you're touring?
3: The guys are great. They're really, really cool. Nicky in particular, like he'll actually just come and hang out in our dressing room and talk about, you know, bands and and touring and war stories and stuff. Uh, but you know, and the, and the guys are, are very, very cool. You know, they're all sober now, so it's a, it's a different atmosphere. It's not like the crazy party that you all hear about Molly Crew tours being.
9: Right on, right on. What else is up for you musically at this point? Are you recording solo records? Are you working with other bands?
3: I'm actually in the process of writing my first solo record, which I'm really, really excited about. Uh, we've been off this tour for about a month, so I've just been taking a lot of time and doing that. And uh, also doing a lot of sessions. I just played on an album for a cool band from Italy called Talkers Guild. And uh, working on some soundtracks and stuff like I always do.
9: Excellent. And you do a lot of session work in the L.A. area?
3: I do, yeah. That's actually how I make my primary bread and butter Payment rent is uh is doing
9: sessions. And how do you get hooked up with sessions? Is it like a, a agent that works with advertising people? Oh or? no, I, no, I do everything myself. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Now, even outside of the hard rock and, and heavy metal world, you've done a lot of guitar work. And I was reading on your Wikipedia page, uh Jermaine Jackson. You've had some That's right. <laughs> yeah, how did that all come about? Um and, you know it's
3: I've been so lucky in in my career to have just been recommended for these really great gigs and really fun tours. I think it's really a testament to if you work hard and you're on time and you're you know pleasant to be around, you'll end up working. Right. <laughs> uh, at least that's what worked for me. You know. So I was recommended uh, to Jermaine Jackson's band by Mike Prince, uh, who was Michael Jackson's engineer for many years, and um, I had recorded some stuff in Mike Prince's studio and. When Jermaine was looking for a guitar player, my name got thrown in, and it just, once again, it just sort of worked out. Being punctual and, and you know, not making any drama and playing well, it will get you pretty far in this business.
9: Excellent. Now, I know you use Ibanez guitars, right? Yes, that's right. And I was looking at a video of you online, and it looked like you were playing through a Bogner. Are you a big fan of those amps?
3: I do. I love my Bogner. I love my Bogner. I'm actually using Blackstar amps on this tour, on the, the Cooper tour. Because the Bogners have that more modern, like really overdriven, punchy sound, and it's not quite right for the Alice Cooper songs. It's great for what I do, you know, on my solo stuff, but you know, and playing Iron Maiden songs and all that. But the Black Stars give me that more classic, simple tone that uh, that you need for the classic songs.
9: Excellent. Yeah, I own a, a Shiva head, a Bogner Shiva head.
3: And I, oh, I just love amazing, it. right? Yeah. My actually Reinhold made my Bogner for me. Oh, nice! Yeah, I have I have an Uber Shaw with an ecstasy clean channel.
9: Oh, very, very nice.
3: Very nice. <laughs> it's I think for me it's it's like it's having a Picasso painted by Picasso, you know?
9: Right. Awesome.
3: GT eighty eight, all tricked out. It's awesome.
9: <laughs> very good. And now you mentioned the Iron Maidens. Are you're completely done with them at this point?
3: Yeah, you know the funny thing is, I was actually never in that band. You know, there was this big perception like, oh, she quit the Iron Maidens. I was actually never in the Iron Maidens. I was a fill-in for them. You know, I, I did a lot of shows with them over a few years, but they haven't had a permanent guitar player in the Dave Murray position for a long time. Okay, and is it? So that... It's always been me and Nikki Stringfield or Neely Brosh or Heather Baker. You know, so there's like this sort of rotating cast of guitar players. There was just a while where I was doing most of the shows.
9: Ah, okay. So when you were filling in with them, you were doing the Dave Murray parts. I have seen
3: the Dave Murray parts and the lion's share of the Yannick parts.
9: Right. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. And you were only born in 1986. You know, a band like Iron Maiden was, in in a lot of people's eyes, peaking at that point.
3: And Alice Cooper. (laughs) And Well,
9: Alice Cooper, for that matter, too. (laughs) What draws you to the, the hard rock and heavy metal sounds, being such a young person?
3: That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I I never really thought of it as an age thing because I grew up listening to hard rock and heavy metal. You know, even, like, more modern bands when I started playing guitars, listening to, like, Slipknot and Trivium and, you know, this kind of stuff. But those songs, I mean, you know, they're they're just great songs. They're just awesome songs to listen to. You listen to a song, like, 18 or Schooled Out. Like, that's a song, like I said earlier, it just resonates with everybody. There's no, you know, like, it's my mom loves it, my little sister loves it, and I love it. And my dad loves it. It's like all different all different people all different ages all different genders and everything It just transcends all of that
9: excellent and uh, i'll be at the show in new york city madison square garden in a couple weeks you're coming to the garden yeah i will be my there my mom's
3: coming oh excellent
9: yeah <laughs> now have you ever played on stage at the garden before
3: i have actually never been to the garden
9: a pretty historic I've place i've
3: never ever been yeah i'm i'm absolutely blown away that i'm you know i got to play in my hometown uh, the show of my dreams at the Hollywood Bowl earlier this summer, and now to get to do Madison Square Garden in the same year—it's just—it's uh, just absolutely an unbelievable honor. I'm just—I'm just so thankful to be to be with the band and be doing this stuff.
9: Yeah, well, it's quite an, an accomplishment. So, congratulations on that. Thank and, you. And Thank you very much. Just so the fans know, I know a lot of Talking Metal listeners are going out to see the Alice Cooper Motley Crue tour. That's that's currently happening, what is a good time in general to arrive at the venue so we don't miss any of the, the Alice Cooper set? Last time I saw Alice, he was with Iron Maiden, and I actually got there thinking I would catch his whole set, and I missed the first three songs. So when is a good ah. time to arrive to catch you guys from the get-go?
3: Well, actually, I'm glad you asked that, because we do a free meet-and-greet before every single show. Um, you know, it's usually myself and Ryan Roxy. Every once in a while, um, Chocolate Tommy or Glenn, the drummer, will come out. But it's it's the members of the band, not not Alice, but the members of the band always do a free meet and greet. Um, and that is usually about 6 o'clock, and that's by and by the main merch, like the merch stand. Okay. And all the info, um, if you go to facebook.com slash lot, you can find all the information. Just sign up, and we'll hang out there and take pictures and find stuff and, you know, just chat about gear and metal and my dogs, or whatever anybody wants to talk about.
5: Very
9: good.
3: And then uh, you, we generally go on stage around 7.30, 7.40 on the tour.
9: Okay, good to know. And yeah. what should we tell the the Talking Metal listeners about? Is there anything we missed, anything you want to promote, website, merchandise, anything we need uh, to Yeah, do?
3: actually, I'm really excited that my, my website, meetastrouts.com, is live now. And it's got some video guitar lessons up there. I do tour blogs and the merch. I'm actually looking at a giant stack of merch posters and um, guitar pick packs and a bunch of cool stuff that's going to be up in the shop in the next week. So, com is the place to find all that cool stuff and also lots of exclusive videos and photos and all that good stuff.
9: Great. We will have that link through today's show notes. And Thank I'll, you. I'll see you in New York. I'm going to try to come to the, the meet and greet that you mentioned.
3: Perfect. Please do.
9: And it would, yeah, it'd it would be great to get. Can you get pictures and stuff at the meet and greet?
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, all about.
9: Excellent, Nita. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you. just heard was 18 by alice cooper from 1971's love it to death album produced by jack richardson and bob Ezrin. recorded 15 years before nita strauss was born isn't that, that crazy? Is pretty yeah. amazing yeah. yeah
7: pretty amazing i saw alice last in detroit area uh it was it Pine Knob Amphitheater. Um, uh, what's the What's the name of it now? Do you guys know? No, was it was this with Ace or up. something? Or? yeah, Ace opened up for Alice Cooper oh. in 2011. I would say. I saw this video online of of Ace and Alice
9: playing rock and roll all night together. Yeah, I think that was at Berkeley. Believe it or not, oh, at yeah? the Berkeley Performance oh, really? okay. Center, Berkeley
7: College of Music in Boston, yes. where John and I met.
9: Yeah. Interesting.
7: And uh, they did some kind of a benefit show there, and uh, they played along with Ricky Bird, I believe. Ooh, I hear some cool song. What is this? Oh, now okay, I thought it sounded metal, but now it sounds punk. Yeah. yeah, we're at a punk
9: rock bar here in the East Village in New York City called... Double Down. Double Down. And you guys are listening to Talking Metal, the 500th episode. Big thanks to all the listeners who've stuck with us through the years. To the listeners who are new to the show, to the old-timers, to everybody, I mean, Burt Gabriel. Bert Exciter, Gabriel. Exciter. Z-Man. Bill Shada Wang. Donnie G. Another guy by the name of Bill Wang. Yeah. I mean, so many guys. Uh, I, 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 I should have written a list of all the the listeners. There's been Remember just hundreds Dark of Angel? them. Dark Angel? Dark Angel, who sadly passed
7: away. Well, I did not know that. Yes. You didn't know that? Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep, we we better edit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not editing anything. Okay, yeah, Dark, okay, Dark, thank Dark Angel uh, dead. Dark
9: Angel, CC okay. Banana dead. He okay. was on the first episode. <laughs> yeah, Dark Angel was a girl who I scolded on online. I can't. I got in a little tiff with her, but she was a big fan. But she did something at one point where we got in a little tiffed online, but then we were friends. And yeah, tragically she she passed on, from what I understand. Uh, who was the girl? Young that was girl, a early twenties. Savannah Sampson.
7: Oh no! No, I yeah, she's Tara Patrick. Uh, no, no, no. Tara Patrick was on a show. Bud Friendly's grabbing the mic,
8: and then I'll we'll continue. Uh, my thoughts go to uh, Doctor Dot and yes. the metal nurse. Uh, yeah. Both, oh yeah. Both of whom uh, there was definite possibilities. As yes. Far as the, yeah. the, the 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 BF. That's Bud Friendly, not Budfuck.
7: Right, <laughs> okay. I, I, Bud Friendly got that nice foot massage from Doctor yeah, Dot. That was right. good. Um, yeah, um, Savannah Samson. You 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 can uh, check her out on my uh, Facebook page and one of my early profile photos. Okay, right. That had to be cropped for censorship reasons. Oh, nice. Just tell you that. Nice. Um, yeah, you did a photo fascia- shoot with her. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That was that's good. Right. Um, there was a porn star though that was a fan, and I. For some reason, thought it might have been Dark Angel. Maybe not. No, I don't think she... She was,
9: like, from Denmark or oh, something. Oh, okay. That was yeah. not Dark Angel. Yeah.
7: There was a girl from California who was a porn star who was an early fan of Talking Metal. Uh, I don't know. Let's yeah. switch gears. Let's switch gears. Switch Michael, gears.
9: Michael Sweet, Robert Sweet, and the guys in Striper were on episode 10. Our first guest was Cece Banana. Rest in peace. He was on episode one, but the first big guest the we first ever had... celebrity interview yeah. was... Episode 10, Striper and you interviews. went and interviewed these guys at BB King's.
7: Yes. I went and interviewed them with some primitive equipment. This was in 2005, and much like what happened earlier today, I erased all of the great interviews I did and then had to break the news to the individual members of Striper that that happened, and then I got small... And short new interviews with the band, and right. uh, those guys were so nice to redo some interviews. So thank you, Michael, Robert, everybody who was a part of that. Oz Fox. Yes. Uh, and at the time, there was a different bass player.
9: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. Go back and listen to episode 10, guys. It's still posted,
7: as as
9: are most of the, the Talking Metal episodes. For some strange reason, this is really creepy, the Janie Lane episode is missing, I, and I can't it's find missing? it. Yeah, that is yeah. Crazy. Janie Lane, rest in peace. Yeah. CC Banana, again, rest in peace. Dark Angel, rest in peace. So many people we've lost through the years. Uh, you know, for better or worse, John and I are still here, along with Bud Friendly. Thank yeah.
8: God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah.
9: And on that note, 500, guys. You're
8: listening to episode 500 of Talking Metal. If you like this, new guys, keep listening to the next 500. There you go.
7: I love Michael Sweet. I just hung out with him at the Eddie Trunk uh, anniversary party. Oh, cool. And uh, Michael Sweet was great. And I even said, I said, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but... Long time ago, you did an interview with me, and that was the very first celebrity interview on Talking Metal, which is about to have its 500th episode. Cool, cool. And then you
9: spoke with him recently. Yeah, recently. So let's check that out right now. This is Michael Sweet on Talking Metal, episode 500. What you guys just heard was No More Hell to Pay from Striper. That's the title track off of the latest Striper record, which is less than a year old. And on the line, we welcome back to Talking Metal, Michael Sweet. How are you?
4: I am well. I'm uh, getting ready to fly out to Tucson to do a show with Extreme and Sebastian Bach and Great White and Striper. And uh, I'm doing good, man. Just, Just staying busy. And. Doing lots of things. I got a lot planned.
9: Yeah, I mean, you're very busy. And before we start talking about that, I just wanted to thank you because you helped launch this podcast nine years ago back on Episode 10. We're on Episode 500 now. But on Episode 10, you were our first major guest. We interviewed you in New York City at B.B. King's. Uh, club on 42nd street and uh, in a way you helped launch the podcast because right after that episode 10 went up we started getting listeners so thank you
4: oh wow oh my gosh well absolutely well thank you guys for having me on and letting me be a part of it man that's and you said 500 episodes
9: 500 and we've went from having you on episode 10 and you, you know that opened the door and we went on to interview all sorts of Great hard rockers and heavy metal wow. people from Ozzy Osbourne to Megadeth to Iron Maiden, you name it, just about everyone's been on. So I'm glad to have you back here on our five hundredth episode.
4: That's incredible. Well, congratulations and it's a it's a pleasure to be on and an honor. Thank you for having me back on.
9: You bet. So a lot a lot of stuff is going on in your world right now. I just watched and heard the song September. And it's a great one, Michael. I want to talk to you about this project you're doing with George Lynch. And let's first start off about talking about this song, because I'm a a New Yorker. I stood on the streets of New York on 9-11 and watched the the towers fall with my own eyes. And and this song really moved me. Can you tell us a little bit about what the song's about?
4: Well, I mean, I'm and moved by so many things and obviously 911 moved me as well. I wasn't there in the physical but like the rest of the world I was watching it you know on television and I was on the phone talking to friends that lived right there you know who were running and it was just unbelievable and I feel personally you know it's it's a fine line between Sometimes people don't want to talk about uh, the past and things that have happened that were so horrific and terrible, but at the same time, I feel like we need to we need to talk about them and remind ourselves uh, of those of those things that have happened and the reason why is so we can unite and move forward and become stronger and you know, I, 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 and there's healing to be done and said and made through that. And that's why when I penned that song, the, the lyrics are very simple, but they're very powerful. I didn't want to offend anybody. And I didn't want people to feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I don't want to be reminded of that, of that horrible day. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I wanted it to be an anthem and, and a song to... uh to unify people and, and bring us together, and, and remind us that we need this—we need to stick together. We need to love one another. We need to be brothers and sisters, and uh, as a nation, you know, and not just as a world, of course, but I mean, as, as a nation, and uh, protect ourselves against our, our enemies and our foes and whatnot. And that's why that song was written. I think the music is every bit as powerful as the as the lyric. Definitely and I, I just hope and pray that I didn't offend anybody it was a It was a juggling act, I mean, talking with the label and stuff we were really cautious about this or that, and you know some it, we were talking about maybe having more images in the video, and we really wanted to be respectful you know and um, but yet make a bold statement,
9: yeah. So. Yeah, well, it's. I think it's a great statement, a great song, and I'm psyched for the record. When can we expect the the full Sweet Lynch? Is that what you guys are calling the project? Sweet Lynch, or <laughs> Sweet and Lynch.
4: It's called Sweet and. You got to okay. get that and in there. Okay. Um, George thought Sweet Lynch, you know, was a little bit as he put it. What did he say on, on the gay side? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I just thought, okay, well. Um, and we went back and forth over a band name versus, um, you know, just naming it uh, Sweet Lynch or uh, you know Sweet Ann Lynch, and we went with Sweet and Lynch. Everyone agreed that would be the smart thing to do. Um, you know, we do have two other guys in the band who are every bit as as important, and that's Brian Tichy and James Lomenzo, okay. uh, who really brought so much to the table. And in terms of the album itself. I believe there is a release date set, and it's sometime in February. I'm not sure exactly when. I think it's like February 20th, 21st, 22nd. That Tuesday right in there. And that's the North American release. We're going to be going live with uh, the first music video to a song called Dying Rose. And that will probably come out, if I had to guess, maybe sometime around January. Uh, and then we'll probably release the second music video maybe a week before release, uh, sometime in February, and that's called The Wish. Uh, it's a really cool, I tell you, man, September, as cool a song as that is, it's not really representative of the, of the album.
7: Okay.
9: Uh,
4: The rest of the album uh, has a a, a little more, some more similarities to it. That song is really different and kind of set apart from everything else. So, if you hear September, I don't want people to think like, okay, this is how the whole album sounds. Sonically, yes; musically, no. Uh, The album is a little bit more straight ahead, just melodic rock slash metal. Takes you back to the late seventies and the early eighties in a really great way.
9: Awesome, awesome. Now
4: it's exciting. It really is.
9: I, I'm definitely excited for it. And George, you know, he's he's had some other projects going on, and a lot of times I ask him, "Hey, are you going to tour with this project or that project?" And he he will tell me, "No, it's just not possible. The other guys are too busy with this and that." But you've stated that that Sweet and Lynch is definitely going to tour. And so I wanted to ask you about that. Will this be all for you guys? Will this inclu- include Brian and James, too?
4: Well, I'll tell you this. I, I certainly can't make promises that it will include all four of us, but I hope so. I mean, otherwise, you're kind of we're kind of missing the point, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, we have to tour. There has to be a tour. To what degree or extent, I have no idea. But there will be a tour, and... I really uh, hope that Brian and James are available. I know James is busy with Fogarty. Brian's busy with, you know, it was, latest was Queens Queensryche, Jeff Tate's Queensryche. He's been out with Whitesnake and, and Foreigner. And he's a great drummer, so, I mean, he's in demand. Hopefully these guys are all available uh, and we can go do this and, and do it right because I know people are going to want to see this and hear it. it it's going to be a smoking band live. It really is.
9: Cool, cool. We definitely want to see it live. And George also told me that he would like to work with you, Jeff Pilsen, and Mick Brown. I think to quote him exactly, he he said it would essentially be Dockin' without Don. Is that something you guys have, have worked on, or is it still kind of just in discussion?
4: No, well, I mean, I've been asked to be a part of it by Jeff. A few years ago, and then most recently, just not very long ago at all, George asked me uh, officially to to be the singer for Doc uh, Dockin' Without Dawn, you know, and they're going to come up with a new name. I don't know if it's going to be TNN or if they're going to actually come up with a new name. I, I think that's going to be the case. Right. Uh, but I've been asked to go out and, and you know to do the album with them as far as I know, which is going to be they're going to be starting on fairly soon and then go out and do some touring with them as well so it should be really cool
9: absolutely definitely and when you go out as sweet and lynch will you guys be including striper and potentially Dokken or lynch mob songs in the set list, or is it kind of too early to tell
4: you know what i would say yes i would say we would definitely do some Dawkins songs and definitely do some striper songs uh, and fit fit a couple two or three from each band in there. I mean, we we kind of have to. I mean, because people, you know, George is such an integral part of Dokken and, and myself with Striper. I mean, it, it we kind of have to do some some of those songs. People are going to expect that, you know. Yeah, cool. Now, Plus, I just I want to hear I want to hear George uh, play the Striper songs. You know.
9: Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to hear you sing the Dokken songs. That would be that'd be great. That would be great. Yeah. Let's. Just talk about how busy you've been. You had a solo record that came out recently, I'm Not Your Suicide. You got the Lynch stuff going on. Uh, there was a new Striper album less than a year ago. There's a live Striper album that just came out. H- how do you keep it up? How do you keep this pace up? I mean, there's so many bands nowadays that just go out and tour and rely on the old hits, but you're out there playing live, but you're also just putting out a ton of new material. How do you keep the pace up?
4: Well, you know, it, it, it's. I think my personality... Uh, traits really help. I you know, I, I was I always joke about it, uh, but I was diagnosed not long ago. I was having ADHD and I'm definitely OCD. Uh, and, you know I go around and straighten everything in the house constantly, and everything has to be in its place. And I think having those two conditions uh, helps to drive me. You know I can't sit still. I I have to stay busy and active and be doing something constantly. And when I have any downtime. I, I gotta go pick up my guitar and start writing songs for the next album. You know, I just can't sit and, and do nothing. I'll go out of my mind. Uh so that's a big part of it. And then the other side of it is, you know, thank God. Uh, you know, I've got some people who believe in me and and have a vision for what I do and, and respect what I do and, and ask me to do things and hire me to do things. You know, Frontiers Records is one of those companies and uh there's a number of other companies as well that, that I work with and uh, do things for and, uh, they, they caught the vision, you know, and it's pretty cool for, for me to have that.
9: Excellent. And on this solo record that I, I mentioned earlier, I'm not your suicide. You do a duet and I saw the video for it. It looks and sounds great with Dave Mustaine's daughter. And I just wanted to ask you how that came about. Are you friends with the Mustaine family? How did you meet her?
4: I am. I've become friends with the Mustang family. We don't really stay in touch. Uh, you know, Dave's busy. I'm busy. I, I would love to talk to Dave on a daily basis because he's such a great, smart guy, and I, I love him dearly. Uh, I was looking for and thinking about having a female voice on that song uh, way back when I recorded the album, and I just never really could think of the right person or, or things just didn't work out. I think I reached out to a few people and didn't work out, and as Dave and I, you know, uh, reconnected and, and talked and stuff, I started thinking um, about his daughter Electra because I heard her sing on she was uh, on a, uh, a newscast uh, singing uh, a Megadeth song, and I was really impressed with the tone of her voice. I just thought, wow, she's really got a cool voice. So. It was my idea to just reach out to Dave and say, hey, what about Electra singing on this song? And he loved it. She loved it. Uh, that Everyone loved the idea. And yeah, I wound up sending them the song, and Dave produced it, and she put a vocal on it, and I got it back. And I was like, this is perfect, absolutely perfect, because it brings a whole different element to the song. And... Uh, and I think she's a great singer. I, I think you're going to hear a lot from Electra. Cool. She's—I know she's making an album. She's writing in Nashville, and, and as we speak, doing an album. And I think when that album comes out, we're going to be hearing the name Electra a lot. Electra Mustang. So, so I think we should all get used to it because she's she's a very talented girl, and she's a very smart girl, and she's a very sweet girl. She's the she's the whole package, man. She's she's just awesome. She really is.
9: Excellent. Well, we will definitely keep an eye and ear out for her. And let's talk about, last but not least, let's talk about Striper. A new live record just came out. Can you tell us about this record, where it was recorded, when it was recorded?
4: Well, we recorded it at the Whiskey. uh, And basically, we wanted to do it—originally, we wanted to do it in Nashville— that's kind of like a, a film rehearsals and then go in and perform to a live audience, but a real intimate kind of setting. Uh, that was the original plan that didn't work out. So I didn't want to do just a typical live show at a festival or whatnot. Cause we've been there and done that. Uh, you know, you're limited often on uh, the sound quality and the control and whatnot. So, <clears throat> I instantly started thinking about a small, intimate club. And then I thought, what better way to do that than to do it at a club where we started at and where our roots lie? And that is, of course, the infamous whiskey. Uh, You know, I played there when I was uh, 15, almost 16 years old for the first time with Kevin Dubrow. Uh, We were rocks regime back then. So, uh, you know, I go way back with the whiskey, and Stripers played there a couple times, numerous times, and, and I just thought, you know, this is perfect. Do it at the whiskey. So I suggested the idea. Everyone loved it, and we ran with it, and everything just worked out. The whiskey accommodated us. The company that filmed it that we work with and love is out there in L.A., not far from the whiskey, and it just it all fell into place, and that's why we did it there.
9: Excellent, excellent. Now you mentioned those old days back in the early '80s when you were just getting started and opening and playing for bands like like Dubrow and was it Dubrow or Quiet Riot that that you played with back in those days?
4: Oh yeah, I mean we we played with so many bands going back. Uh, you know, we used to play with uh, Mickey Raps. You know, uh, and then they changed their name officially to Rat. And, uh, you know, obviously And when we were playing with Rat at Gazaris down the street at, you know, the whiskey was Motley Crue. You know, uh, and and it was crazy. It was an incredible time. Uh, You know, you could walk to any club, walk down the street, down to Troubadour and, and, and watch, you know, Wasp. The same night. I mean, it was just crazy. It was like uh, so many cool bands and uh, bands that went on to get record deals and, and do incredible things. Uh, you know, that was the scene back then. Uh, everyone was was trying to get signed and make it and whatnot, and we were part of that scene, and it, it was really. Such a great time, such an important time, and we're really blessed to have been there through it all. Really cool.
9: Now, was CeCe DeVille a part of your band back then at any point?
4: Yeah, you know what it was? I, I was outside Gazzari's one night, and I looked over, and I saw this guy with blonde hair and all made up and looking you know, really different and cool and whatnot, and I struck up a conversation with him, and it, it turned out to be C. um and we hit it off, invited him down to our house and to jam he's a guitar player, obviously, and he wound up eventually coming down and we we jammed with him, and we were talking about him joining our band, and he was talking about joining our band and everything was really cool and you know basically what happened is the thing that sealed the deal in the sense that he said no was you know the yellow and black. His guitars. He had a bunch of really nice guitars, and all his guitars would have to be, come yellow and black guitars and stuff. And he did, he wasn't really into that. Right. Huh. So he basically just point blank said it. He said, "I'm just you know, I love you guys. You know, I'm just, I just can't do that. It's not my thing. You know, blah blah blah." We went our separate ways, and he went on, of course, to join Poison and be really successful, and we continued on as Striper. And uh, another guy that was almost in the band was a guy by the name of Doug Aldrich. Sure, sure. Who, uh, everybody knows Doug, and what a phenomenal player, and he had a band called Lion from Philly, and he came out, and we met and hit it off, and we were really good friends. We hung out and did a lot together, uh, and really close. And he came and jammed as well, and we were talking about possibly forming together. And uh, he wound up uh, wanting to reform and put together Lion again, and um, you know, he continued on, and the rest is history. You know, He went on to, to do all sorts of really cool things with Hurricane and eventually White Snake, as we all know. And, yep. uh, yeah, Doug's a great guy, too. So yeah, the history of the band Rock's regime is really interesting. It really is. We had a lot of people pass through our doors. Excellent.
9: Fun stuff. Fun stories. Thanks for sharing. them here on Talking Metal. And thanks for being on Episode 10 and coming back and joining us here on Episode 500. You guys are coming to hey, New York next week. Thank you, thank week. you for I having me, man. Sure. And I, I, uh, wish,
4: I, wish, I wish you all the best, brother. And th- thanks for having me on again, okay?
9: What you just heard was Soldiers Under Command from 1985. Michael Sweet and Striper. You're a big Striper fan, right, John? I am
7: a big Striper fan. I used to buy Striper stuff at a Christian bookstore. Really well. In my wow. hometown, wow. yeah. I I remember um, having a yellow. Uh, 45 yellow vinyl 45 I had um, the pink it was very cool Vinnie Vincent
9: 45
7: I yeah I had, didn't oh. you have a pink vinyl 45 I once had yeah, that I've, Vinnie, Vinnie Vincent one Vinnie yeah I had that yeah. invasion I actually saw the Vinnie Vincent invasion open up for Alice Cooper at the Syria mosque that was oh, nice. actually
8: the name of the venue Syria oh, mosque, mosque
7: Pittsburgh Pennsylvania wow no kidding yeah wow, wow.
9: in Pittsburgh nonetheless wow nice
8: this isn't uh breaking in here of seconds, I'm sorry. Yeah, go this ahead. is an unexpected treat question. Out of one between one and five hundred episodes, out of five hundred episodes yes. of Talking Metal, can you narrow down a special moment and talk briefly about it, Mark?
9: Ooh, well, I mean there was the you know, chasing Chinese democracy stuff. Um, There was the flying to Vegas to interview Ozzy. I mean, that was pretty major. Yeah, Yeah. and we hung out with Zach there, Casey Chaos. That was one of my favorite moments, the Vegas
7: thing. Same question to John. One of my favorite interviews was the telephone interview we did with Ian Gillen. Oh, right, yeah. I really, really liked that interview. And... Of course, the first Aussie interview in Vegas was amazing. Uh, eating at a diner called the Astro Diner with Rob Helford yeah, was pretty freaking absolutely. cool. Emily yeah. was there. Yep, and my wife, So Emily. many great, great experiences. All the jamming we did with everybody. Uh, the interview with Nikki Six in a van. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, Dave Mustaine interview at a hotel where we jammed uh, a little bit on guitar with him, and he jammed some riffs for us. That was very, very cool. Uh, there were just so many great, great experiences we had from the time we did episode one to the time we did episode
8: 500.
9: Yeah, Absolutely.
8: Personally, I can't think of any enjoyable moments that I've had at all. It's been you terrible, and a handful
9: of listeners, uh, hard
8: work, yeah. and um,
9: at least, at least, at least we pay you well. At least we pay you well. Oh, I'm rich. <laughs> I'm rich
7: beyond
8: my wildest dreams. Yeah, there you go.
7: We also want to send a special thanks to Metal Mike. Yeah, Metal Mike for sure. Big yeah. part of the family, absolutely. And you know what? The the song written by Rob Helford and Metal Mike that was written. For talking metal. I think we should hear a little bit of that. Yeah, let's play it right now.
9: 30-second song, Talking Metal, by Talking Rob metal. Halford, Roy Z, and Metal Mike. Unbelievable. Talking yeah. Metal,
7: episode 500.
9: 500. And let's end with a little Ozzy. This is a song called Silver. It's off the 2007 album, Black Rain. And this is written by Ozzy, Zach, and uh, a guy named...
7: Kevin, what's that guy's name? Kevin. Churko. Churko.
9: Kevin Churko. Kevin Churko
7: is the owner of Hideout Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. I actually hung out and did a little work with Kevin's son uh, while Ace was recording two tracks for the Space Invader record. And that is a very cool place, guys. Uh, uh, in this moment, Aussie, a lot of great people have recorded there. Uh, Jakey Lee. Uh, just a very, very cool studio. What? Jakey Lee. Jakey did, Lee. I'm going to see
9: Jakey Lee in Las Vegas on November 23rd. So if you're going to be at, at, cool. at uh, The Count from Count's Customs, oh, nice. I'll be. His uh, yeah, his club is called. Vamps and I will be there. Wow! On November 23rd, come say hello. Emily and I will be rocking Very out to cool. the when red. When is that Kiss Dragon
7: concert you're going to be at? The day, the day before that, oh, November, November 22nd. 22nd. Cool. Yeah, so
9: going to Vegas for 48 hours, and we will see two. What I'm hoping are two great shows while we're there.
7: Excellent. Special thanks to Ronnie Me who is no longer the bassist of Red Dragon Cartel. I don't know, is he oh, or is I, he I not? I wasn't sure. I yeah, thought maybe he left, he left, for, left for a while. I'm not sure. Maybe I need he's to back. Check who that. knows? Yeah. he yeah. might be back. But Ronnie, Ronnie, and Jake, Ronnie produced that record under a like a funny different name. Oh, did he? For okay. some reason, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the record, it says produced by somebody else. Not not a funny name, but just a different name, and I'm not sure why he did that, but. Yeah, Talking Metal episode five hundred. Bud yeah. Friendly, Mark Striegel, John Astronomy. Talking Metal five hundred. This is Silver
9: again, off of the Black Rain album from two thousand and seven. And this solo man sounds so. The beginning of this guitar solo, listen to Zach solo, sounds so much like Over the Mountain guitar solo uh, wow. that Randy did. So, anyways, this is a great song, Overlook song, off of the Black Rain, off the Black Rain record. And again, it's called Silver,
7: and that'll end it. Thank you to all the listeners for all your support. Thank you to all the Talking listeners. Thank you to all the publicists. Thank you to all the managers. Thank you to all the artists. Yeah, thanks Thank to you. Victor
9: Ruiz too, yes. who's helped out. Thanks to Mitch Lafon. Yep. Thanks to. Going way back to all the old. No old thanks guys.
7: to anybody. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Thanks and to a big everybody. thanks to
9: you, John. I mean, you're the guy who who launched this, and oh, you know we you. make jokes about you uh, not being on every episode anymore. And and but there's still like I always say when somebody's like says, "Oh, John's not doing as much anymore," I, I say the big name guests that we've got mm-hmm. through the years. Every time I look at them, almost. 80% of the time it's you who brought them to the really? show oh, whether well, you're you. doing the thank interview you. or not even like right. Vivian Campbell Tommy Thayer these guys who I did the interviews and they were very big episodes for us uh, last year both those episodes uh, you you booked both those guys you know thank I you. may have done the thank interview you. but you did the booking thank so you, guys. even though John is not always 100% on every single episode due to his intense schedule uh, he is still a very, very big part of what's Thank going you. on. If Thank not, you very much. If not, if Thank if you very not much on that. air or on the podcast yeah. behind the scenes. So Thank you. Yeah, you no,
7: I, I am the co-host of Talking Metal. It's just like uh, when when uh, Matt Lauer is out for a day, they get a different guy in there. Yeah. When, when I'm out for a day, sometimes we get a different person in here to sub for me for a day. Sometimes it's just you. Sometimes I do solo episodes. I haven't done a solo yeah, Talking Metal for a while, but maybe I'll do yeah. a, a slew of solo episodes. I'm just kidding, guys. You should. No, um, ooh, I thought that said 666, it said 676. Anyway, right. I thought, I thought uh, <laughs> Satan was intervening. <laughs> that means it's
8: time to it? And with all the thank yous going on, I just personally would like to say to all the fans, you're welcome. Yeah, Bud Friendly, he's amazing. <laughs> really is amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. an old
7: talking metal word that you used to use a lot. I still use it all the amazing. time. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So this is
9: Silver by Ozzy Osbourne. Good night guys. We'll see you on episode 501.
7: 501. To the next 500 episodes. Let's have yeah. another toast. Yeah. We got to at least toast. make it
9: to 666 episodes.
8: Yes.
7: That would be maybe we'll end it. And we're going to have the farewell tour after that. Full <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll
8: on tour.
9: Yeah. All right. Later.
8: Awesome. awesome. That was pretty good. That right? was a good wow.